So in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, we're going to look at the fourth cup of the Seder celebration that the Jewish people celebrate around the globe during the Passover time. He said in Exodus 6, 6 and 7, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, call this last cup of the Passover... Sadar, they call it the cup of praise. Now, many times in the church, we say hallelujah and we sing hallelujah. The Hebrew word for hallelujah is halal. It means to celebrate. It means to rejoice. It means to shine. It means to express praise that cannot be contained. And so when they are celebrating the remembrance of what God had done for them, they're happy. They're praising God because not only have they been delivered, but they have found freedom and they have found redemption. And now they have come to a place where they understand through this cup of praise, there is also fulfillment in their lives. They have a purpose for their lives and they're able to move on and move forward in the plan of God for them. This cup of praise could also be called the cup of fulfillment. So they're rejoicing because they're a part of God's family. Amen. Now what I've discovered is this. When praise flows naturally, amen, fulfillment takes place in our lives. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. God's got a plan. You know what it is? Number one, that we be full. Full of the word. Number two, that we be filled with the spirit. You know, the Bible talks about not only getting filled, but staying filled with the spirit. How many of you are filled this morning? So to be full of the Word, to be filled with the Spirit, and then find fulfillment in our lives. Now we know that the enemy is a thief. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says this, that the thief only comes in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that you might have and enjoy life have it in abundance to the full till it what? Till it overflows. That's fulfillment. Now the enemy does not like that. And so he puts blocks and hindrances in our way from living the fulfilled life. God's plan for you and God's plan for this church is overflow. An overflow of joy, an overflow of fulfillment in our relationships, an overflow of divine health, and even an overflow of abundance. Now, one of the biggest hindrances that the enemy puts in our way 
to keep us from living the fulfilled life is simply our past. We must not allow our past to define us. For if we let our past define us, it will confine us. Let His Word define you. If you're looking for definition in your life, don't look in Webster's. Look in the Word. And in the Word, you will find out who you are, where you are, and what you have in Christ Jesus. In the book of Galatians from the NIV, let's read it together. Ready, read. I have been crucified with Christ. Wow, you did great. That's really good. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Now, we were not only crucified with Christ. When we got born again, we became new creations in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that old things are passed away. Your old spiritual DNA passed away. You left the family of Satan, and you came over into the La Familia of God. It's good to be in the La Familia. Hallelujah. How many of you are part of the La Familia? We've even got a Godfather. Father God. Amen. Your sinful DNA, it's gone. It's gone. And so don't allow the world or society to label you or call you what God has not called you. Amen. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but Pastor Mark, God couldn't use me. I couldn't live the life of fulfillment. I've got nothing to praise God about. You're wrong. Why would you say that? Because I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. We need to stop talking about what we, what we did and start talking about what He did. What did He do? What did He do? He hung on the cross. He shed His blood. He was buried. He rose again from the dead and made you a brand new creation in Him. And so we don't want to allow guilt and condemnation in any way, fashion, or form to cripple us. Here's what Psalm says in Psalm 38. In Psalm 38, in verse 4 and 6, he said, My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. How many of you know we are not to bear anything that he bore? When I saw that scripture as I was studying last week, I immediately thought of 1 Peter 2.24 which says, who his own self bore our sins in his own body. Come on. So what he bore, we need not bear. He took our judgment. He took our condemnation. And he took our unrighteousness. Amen. You see, what happened to Jesus in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection is much greater than whatever has happened to you in your life. Our identity is in Christ Jesus. 
Now, another hindrance that the enemy puts in our way is our culture. How many of you know that our culture is whack? Our culture is wacky. And if you're not careful, you'll let the culture shape you rather than God's Word shape you. Here's what culture will tell you. You've got to act this way. You've got to talk this way. You need to dress this way. And by the way, you need to eat this way as well. I mean, is it endless or is it endless? And about the time we catch up with all of that, things change. What are you saying? I'm saying we must not take our cues from Hollywood. We must not take our cues from television. Now, in the, in the message of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, he says this, You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. We've got God's Word. This is our handbook on how to live. Now, in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it says this, Don't become so well adjusted, this is the message, to your culture that you fit into it even without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside. And when you're changed from the inside, it's going to show up on the outside. Why is that? Because we've got someone on the inside working on the outside. We got the Word of God on the inside and it's working on the outside. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, we don't have Phillips, but let me read what Mr. Phillips says. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within. And so culture and the past are hindrances to this fulfilled life. A third hindrance is this. Sometimes in life, we just try to do it all on our own. We just try to go through life because, you know, we're self-made man, self-made woman. No, thank God, we're God-made men. We're God-made women. Amen. And the reason why people try to live their life on their own and their own strength is because, well, I can do better. And after all, people are a pain in the neck. I just heard a groan. And I'm really, really tired of getting hurt. And as a result of that, folks sometimes withdraw. That is not the plan of God. That is the enemy's plan. We must stop trying to do life in our own strength and on our own. Now notice with me in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 or 4 in verse 8. It says this, There was a man all alone. He neither had son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? 
He says, this too is meaningless. This is a miserable business. How many of you know that the man or the woman who isolates themselves disregards any sense of sound judgment? We are not to isolate ourselves. We are to be connected in community together as the body of the anointed one. Amen. Lester Sumrall said many years ago, the first banana that leaves the bunch is the first one that gets peeled. (laughs) And so, we do not want to be lone rangers in the body of Christ. We want to be together. How many of you know that we're better together? We need one another. And we don't just need our natural family. We need our church. We need the family of God. And we just don't need Heart of the Bay Christian Center exclusively. We need the whole body of Christ. There is so much diversity in the body of Christ. How many of you know God's a whole lot smarter than we are? And you think about the diversities of gifts and that diversities of operations and manifestations of God and the earth. We do not want to cut ourselves off from the body of Christ. Amen. Somebody says, well, I don't always agree with what so-and-so said. Well, I'm going to quote Brother Hagin. He says, I don't always agree with myself. How many of you don't have to always agree on every little thing to walk in love and to glean and to be blessed by other parts in the body of Christ? Look at your neighbor and say, we need one another. (laughs) Doing life together. Finding a cause. Making a difference. This is what fulfillment is all about. And so then how then... Do we drink of this cup of praise? How do we partake of this cup of fulfillment? Well, number one, it begins with a calling. You are called. Well, Pastor Mark, I know you're called because you're preaching. I think there's been a demented perception of what the calling of God is all about. The calling of God is way out beyond apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. The fivefold ministry is simply a group of men and women who have been called by God to stand in certain offices to edify and to build up the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can take what they're learning and do the work of the ministry. And therein is the call of God on all of our lives. Every one of us have been given special graces. Every one of us have been given special abilities and special talents. We are not to take our talent and hide it under a bush. We are to take that talent, value it, cultivate it, praise God, and walk about doing the will of God. Amen, Pastor Mark. That's good preaching. Your call is a gift from God. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. In 2 Timothy 1.9, it says this in the NIV. 
He says he saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything you have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Hallelujah. And so it's vital then to know that your call and my call is connected to others. You can't fulfill the call of God on your life by yourself. I'm going to say it again. Calling and community go together. In Romans 14, 7, he says this, None of us live to himself alone, and none of us die to himself alone. How many of you know that none of the parts in the body of Christ work together well if they're disconnected? And the way that we uh, have an understanding of this calling and the place where we see this calling is in the local church. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse says this, For we are all one body, we have the same spirit, and we've all been called to the same glorious future hope. Hebrews 3, 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Partakers. That word partaker there means partners. We're co-laborers together with Christ. But we also are co-laborers together with one another. For instance, what we're sitting in today and what we're enjoying today through a great tremendous worship set and a great tremendous time together, this didn't just happen automatically. This happened as a result of people answering the call. There are too many that are ignoring the call. God is looking for those who will answer the call. Well, I'm not very talented. You take what you have and God will take what you have as you're faithful and He'll add to it. He will increase it. Because the Bible says that a faithful man is going to abound with the blessings of God. This worship team got up early to come to church. The people that checked you in got up early to make sure that you had a wonderful experience in church. Aren't you thankful? We have people on the parking lot making sure that no weapon formed against your car shall prosper. Amen. We have people on the parking lot that are stopping the thieves dead in their tracks. And so there is no way that this church could have ever made it and will ever make it without faithful men and faithful women just like you that answer the call. And we've been in a pandemic for over a year. And I'm so very proud in a good way of our congregation. Because you've prayed, you've given, and you've sown. But I also know, on the other hand, that it's time for some of the people that have not come back yet to come back. And there's no condemnation in that. Because I'll tell you what Keith Moore told me. It's very difficult to serve remotely. Well, somebody says, I'm here and I'm not serving. That's what we're talking about. 
You're the very one that God is looking for. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts, now notice this, are loyal to Him. Part of being loyal to Him is not only being loyal to His Word and loyal to your prayer time, but also being loyal to the local church and finding yourself a place of service where you can give God the glory. And that, my friends, is true fulfillment. The most fulfilled people that I know in the earth today, the happiest people on the earth today, are people that have answered the call, discovered the call, and are using it for His glory. I mean, big smiles on their face. And, and understand this, that when you do that, God does things for you that He doesn't do for others. What are you saying, Pastor Mark? Exactly what I just said. God will do for you what you could never do for yourself if you just give Him something to work with. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm answering the call of God today. We're better to, we are better together. So living a life with purpose is the foundation of fulfillment and happiness. I encourage you to find your purpose and pursue it relentlessly. Passion burns after everyone else is bored. Passion. Passion. Fire. Not dangerous fire. Holy Ghost fire. What gets you up in the morning? What do you think about when you put your head on the pillow? Hallelujah. In Romans 12 and 11. Oh, hallelujah. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Romans 12, 11. Let's read it together. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, but be aglow and burning with the Spirit. One way to make sure that you stay full of the Holy Ghost and fire is to serve the Lord, not with sadness, but to serve the Lord with Come on, you got it. To serve the Lord with what? Glad. To serve the Lord with joy and gladness. I mean, when Sunday morning rolls around, you ought to be up early. You ought not to be coming late. I just heard the organ again. But when Sunday morning rolls around, you should be prayed up, worded up. And coming in this place with expectation, believing for an explosion of almightiness. Believing for great things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. One Navy SEAL said it this way. I love this quote. He says, pursue passions bigger than yourself. The thing that I'm thankful about Heart of the Bay Christian Center is, is the vision is bigger than us. The vision we have will go on for decades and decades 
far beyond when Brenda and I leave this place. Now, we're not intending to leave anytime soon. But vision is something that must be bigger than ourselves. Reaching the lost. Healing the hurting. Maturing the believer. People knowing God. And finding freedom. And discovering their purpose. And making a difference in the world is much bigger than we are. And so he says, passion, pursue passions bigger than yourself. If we don't break outside our comfort zones and find pursuits that leave a positive impact on the world, we live a very small life. How many of you want to live a large life? For the glory of God. The second thing about this cup of praise in this cup of fulfillment is it stands on a calling. A calling. It stands on a cause. For what cause? For what purpose? Why are we here? In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, in the NLT it says this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work, read the rest with me. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Part of your mission and part of my call is to help people get to heaven. But not only help them get to heaven, also help them to see that they can have some peace here on earth. See, what we're talking about this morning is this spreads from me, myself, and I to we and to all of us. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter in the ninth verse says this. How many of you know that two are better than one? Because they have a good return for their labor with people who want to make a difference. So we must intentionally then on purpose, connect with the body of Christ. We must then feed our God-given passion. Serving others with our unique gifts and abilities. One of the best ways to find fulfillment is through service to others. Amen. Now, notice this in uh, Galatians chapter 5. This is a very interesting verse of scripture Galatians the 5th chapter and the 13th verse how many of you would agree that you have found freedom in Christ Jesus I mean you once were bound but now what you were once blind but now you how many of you are seeing some things you've never seen before you know what that means that means you're growing That means you're developing. And that also means you have a hunger to know more and to increase. So we have discovered freedom. We are walking in freedom. Whom the Son of God sets free is absolutely free. Is totally free. Amen? And we know that freedom comes on the wings of truth. Amen? 
the more truth we get into our lives, the freer we'll get. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice this verse with that thought in mind. My friends, you were chosen to be free. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want. Well, I have my life. My life is my own. You're wrong. Your life is not your own. You are his own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, we must glorify God in our spirit and in our body, which are God's. And so he says, you're free. But now here's a warning for all of us. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want to do. Now notice the rest of this verse. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. But use it as an opportunity to serve each other. To serve each other with love. The highest form of worship is service. If you really look at the book of Romans, where he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. At the end of that verse, reasonable service, which says your spiritual worship. When you get your body and your heart involved in serving others because of the love of God and because you have been set free, you are well, well on the road to complete fulfillment. We could say it this way. We have been saved not to sit. I'm going to try this again over an amen corner over there. Amen corner. We have been saved not to sit. We have been saved not to watch four or five hours of television every night. And then get up nine to five, come home, do it all over again. And wonder why the preacher lost the anointing. I just wonder why there's not more happening down in that church. Because all of us must answer the call and become volunteers in the day of his power. We are living in the days of his power. We are living in days of heaven upon the earth. But if you want more of his presence and you want more of heaven on earth, get about walking in love. Find yourself somebody to serve. Bob Dylan said, you're going to have to serve somebody. (laughs) Right? You're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it ain't the devil. It ain't the lust of the flesh. The one we serve, the one we serve is the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, the deliverer from all of our enemies. So in the context of Galatians 5.13, we're not saved to sit. We are saved to serve. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus.
unto good works. Amen. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get about it. It's time to roll up our prayer sleeves and get about it. There is so much more territory that the king wants to take for his kingdom. But he's waiting for you and he's waiting for me. Somebody said, here I am. Here I am. I'm ready, Lord. So what are you saying today, Pastor Mark? I'm saying pour into others and God will pour fulfillment into you. A friend of mine said this. I can't improve on it, so I'm going to borrow it. In a couple of years, it'll be like I said. (laughs) The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. The giving life is the fulfilling life. The unselfish life, it is the satisfying life. So if you want to be happy, live to give, live to love, live to serve, and you will know a joy that is way out beyond this world. It'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Father, I've done my very best to minister this to you, these your sheep today. I thank you, Lord God, that even as they celebrated this Seder celebration, I pray, pray a prayer over each person in the auditorium today. And I pray a prayer over everyone that may be watching or that will watch in the future. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together and we declare over each and every life complete and total deliverance, complete and total removal, and a complete and total transference into the kingdom of God. I declare in the name of Jesus that we're going to work out our salvation, not from works of the flesh, but we're going to do what the Word of God says us tells us to do, to cultivate what you've done on the inside of us. And I speak a word of freedom over every person in this place and that is watching today. And Lord, I thank you for redemption. I thank you, Lord God, for restoration and restoring unto those that have lost something. And Lord, we praise you today for the cup of praise and the cup of fulfillment. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I see in your word that I'm called of God. And so I answer your call this morning. And I say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Not my will any longer, but your will be done. I consecrate and commit to living my life for you. No longer 
Will I live the empty life? But I choose to get on the giving end of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you satisfy my life as I walk with you and as I serve you.